Hello, and welcome to the QBGP Society podcast. This series is entitled Common Conditions and General Progress, and it's aimed at medical students. We will be discussing some of the most common conditions that you'll see in a primary care setting, in terms of their pathology, presentation, diagnosis, and management. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you'll see all of our latest episodes. And also, check out our society on social media so you can keep up to date with news and events. But now, on to today's episode. My name is Kellen Dolan and I'm the VP of the GP Society at Queen's University Belfast. Thanks for joining us for our podcast. Today's subject is going to be on sore throats. So sore throats are probably suffered by most people at least once a year. And perhaps they're suffered by some of you listening right now. In which case, sorry for the reminder. But certainly, acute sore throat is one of the most common conditions you'll encounter in outpatient clinical practice and in primary care. It's a very, very common symptom. So, where to begin on a sore throat? Normally, you can broadly categorise them into two categories, infectious and non-infectious. The two most common infectious causes are respiratory viruses and group-based streptococcus in terms of bacteria. The specific microbiological cause of the sore throat can rarely be diagnosed based on just clinical features. Regardless, sore throat is, in, is caused by local inflammatory responses to the mucosal invasion by the pathogen in infectious cases. So the majority of cases of sore throat are caused by respiratory viruses, rhinoviruses, the very topical coronaviruses, and they're self-limited, meaning that given analgesia, which we'll discuss later, they do tend to resolve themselves within a week. The problem lies in the fact that the symptoms of viral sore throat broadly overlap with the inflammation caused by important treatable causes, such as bacteria like group A streptococcus. So you can't afford to miss the treatable group A streptococcus, for example, as the clinical consequences of missing that can be things like rheumatic fever, and that can lead on to rheumatic heart disease. Group A streptococcus as a cause of sore throat are quite often found in low-income countries. Therefore, when a complicated clinical consequence such as valve dysfunction in the heart, leading from the rheumatic heart disease, from group A streptococcus, you're sort of fighting a losing battle, as it's quite possible that the complex interventions that you'd like to do to fix this heart may not be available in such a setting. So, with the majority of sore throats being caused by upper respiratory tract infections, about 85 to 95%, it's very easy to lean on conservative management. However, it is important to consider group A streptococcus causing strep throat, and also it's possible that glandular fever is the origin of the sore throat, especially if this corresponds with symptoms such as temperature or extreme tiredness. Your alarm bells kind of ring to think that EBV is the origin of the sore throat, and you may have to adjust your clinical advice accordingly. 
However, it's quite possible that glandular fever-like symptoms are actually an acute presentation of HIV infection. So, especially if the patient has risk factors for HIV, you'd certainly want to take a diligent history and perhaps organize appropriate blood investigations to ensure that that is ruled out. It may be useful to localize the sore throat as well. Is it pharyngitis? Is it laryngitis or tonsillitis? Certainly the default pharyngitis may be moved down the list of the differential diagnosis if there's alteration to voice. If the person is croaky or hoarse, we are more thinking that the voice box is inflamed. Certainly as well, tonsillitis can be ruled out. If you decide to use a pen torch and a tongue depressor, you visualise the tonsils. If they're clearly red and swollen, you'd be thinking more towards tonsillitis. Also, if the swallow was altered, that might lead you more towards a tonsillitis diagnosis. Certainly, if the patient has recurrent tonsillitis, it may be appropriate for you to arrange a consult with ENT to see about a tonsillectomy. However, this can be more difficult in present circumstances and certainly waiting lists are a feature to take into account. However, if, certainly if it's, say for example, seven incidences of tonsillitis in a year, this is something that really does need to be flagged up because it, it could impact severely on the patient's quality of life. I know we've talked quite a lot about infectious causes, but let's take into account the non-infectious causes. Those would primarily be dehydration or trauma. And once again, a diligent history will lead you to kind of pinpoint exactly what is causing the sore throat and you can advise appropriately then. It's important as well to take into account that the fact that the patient has come and presented to you means that although in your opinion you might consider a sore throat usually nothing to worry about with the majority of cases resolving in within a week, be tactful um, and certainly try and ascertain which other symptoms uh, the patient is presenting with. So symptoms that might accompany a sore throat and the patient will present with could include redness in the back of the mouth, which we've discussed already in terms of thinking of tonsillitis, bad breath, halitosis, cough, swollen neck glands, fever, headache, fatigue, malaise, um, but obviously focusing in on the symptoms that they're presenting with, their complaint of painful throat, and that is especially when swallowing. They may also describe the throat as dry or, or scratchy. In paediatric cases, you'll be also watching for the redu reduced activity of the child and checking temperature. Your level of concern should heighten if the throat is described as prolonged, it's something that they've been dealing with for an extended period of time beyond the week. If it's recurrent, something that continually happens, like the case of tonsillitis we've talked about. If it's accompanied by worrying signs or symptoms, especially if it's something systemic, if the patient is particularly pyrexic or, or has rigors. 
your alarm bell should certainly be, be ringing a little bit more if the patient is immunosuppressed or compromised. And you should take into account that if the throat pain is, is something that is severe or long-lasting, that would probably point you a little bit more towards strep throat. Emergencies as well. Don't forget that a sore throat could be on a mere steps away from an airway obstruction. So particularly if a patient is describing an inability to swallow or breathe, if there's accompanying drooling, if you can, if you can hear a clear strider, or it, generally if the situation seems severe and the patient is deteriorating, you really can't hesitate in referring to ED um, and potentially with intervention of ENT or uh, anaesthetics to maximise the chance of the patient being safely taken care of. And this is really where the job of the GP comes into play. It's determining which patients have the serious conditions, such as the acute HIV, or the life-threatening complications, such as the obstructed airway. And of those that are less worrying, we have to try our best to identify which have treatable causes so you can manage that appropriately with antibiotics for those who are bacterial and give appropriate advice for those that aren't able to be resolved by antibiotics, i.e. viral. So the majority of adult patients will have viral illness and they're looking for relief of their pain. And that's of course important to recognise the patient comfort and if the patient is more comfortable they'll be able to remain appropriately hydrated which itself dehydration as we mentioned that's a cause of a sore throat so hydration is important so your job then is to discuss options for pain relief you know does this have signs that would lead you more towards bacterial is there pus white streaks that kind of thing visible at the back of the throat and if so you would be leaning more towards prescription of antibiotics especially as well and um, there's no sense being overly precautious in antibiotic resistance if the patients have signs of serious illness or comorbidity this is not a time to hesitate but certainly if you suspect, like the majority of cases, that this is viral, there's no sense given a placebo antibiotic and causing further antibiotic resistance. So, in terms of what the patient actually wants, relief of their pain, you should try and reassure them um, that it should resolve in a short period of time if it is just a standard viral infection. Be tactful, inquire what they've tried themselves, and then you can work on your recommendations, taking into account patient preferences. Using over-the-counter analgesia, paracetamol, ibuprofen, that should help the majority of patients. Some patients may elect to go for medicated lozenges, anaesthetic sprays. Although there's little proof they help, certainly if that's something that works for the patient, there's no sense in discouraging them from that. Reminders of keeping hydrated. Some may want to gargle with warm salty water. That's a good idea um, for an adult certainly. 
and eating cooler or softer foods as opposed to particularly hot and hard foods because that might irritate the throat further. Smoking is a cause of sore throat, one that we haven't really mentioned here. So patients who do smoke, um, try obviously your recommendations always be to, to cut out the smoking altogether. Certainly if the acute sore throat, they should be avoiding smoking in our smoky places. Soaking on ice cubes, ice lollies or hard sweets might help as well, but taking into consideration young children and the risk of choking is a very real one, so certainly you don't want to cause that. And of course rest as well. Again, these symptoms normally should resolve with time and unfortunately sometimes you just have to let that time pass. Weathering the storm um, should eventually lead to the, to the resolution of the symptoms. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. That's me finished. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Any future ideas, suggestions, feedback, please get in touch with us via email. We're gp-soc.qub.ac.uk Twitter, Facebook and Instagram accounts are regularly updated with all the essential info from our society. So don't be afraid to check those out. Thank you very much for your time and goodbye. Have a lovely day.